Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to episode 29 of the Inferno Podcast, Suns-focused discussion with my favorite, favorite super fan of the Suns, Mr. or Dr. Patrick Batillo, a.k.a. the Suns super fan, Mr. Orange. Also, uh, he is the coach of Peoria High School Boys Basketball, state champion of 4A conference and uh you had some competition this past weekend how'd you guys do yes dana good uh we were up at flagstaff nau uh for their team camp uh great competition good time to to get the team out love to start with that one uh for the month of june because it sets the tone uh allows us to build team chemistry so uh some really good runs and we'll head out this week uh to the premiere down at brophy uh, for 12 of the um best high schools in the state of arizona so in for a really fun month Awesome. We'll get more to high school basketball in a second. And uh, it is now June 5th. Uh, this uh, We're going to talk about uh, the Suns hires of Frank Vogel and Detroit Pistons hiring former Suns coach Monty Williams for the biggest coaching contract in NBA history for $78.5 million over six years. That's $13 million a year. That's jackpot, megabucks status for any coach and anybody I could certainly use that money. Steven Silas was reported today, former head coach of the Houston Rockets, to be a top assistant for the Pistons. Um, I remember Steve Silas for the past three seasons uh, for the fact that Monty F actually, uh, when uh, Steven Silas's dad, Paul Silas, who's also a Celtics and Suns legend, passed away uh, late last year. Uh, Monty actually did a prayer for him after the Rockets beat the Suns in Houston. And I could see that connection coming down the line where Monty's going to Detroit. But Frank Vogel uh, actually was offered and accepted the Suns job uh, for coaching as of last Thursday, June 1st. Monty got his job offered and accepted as of June 2nd. Frank Vogel got a six-year, I'm sorry, five-year, $31 million deal. Uh, he is defensive-minded coach. He has had great defensive teams, namely uh, in Indiana uh, when they were a first-rated defensive uh, uh, team and when they had Paul George back in, uh, I believe, it was 2017. Now, let me uh, get the numbers right, actually. I know the Lakers were a top team. Uh, they were, uh, in 2020, when they won the title, they were ranked third in defense and also during his uh, – couple years and three years in LA for the Lakers they were one of the top three defensive rated teams even when they didn't make the playoffs those last two years and the Suns uh they definitely need some work with their defense they actually pretty much didn't measure up for that in the playoffs this past uh season or this current season as it's still going with the NBA finals with the uh, Nuggets and the Heat and it's just uh, something that I want to uh, really highlight because Defense is what wins championships. Rebounding is something that is part of defense that was pretty much the core of what Kevin Young, who is now the top assistant, top paid assistant in the league, staying with the Suns. Um, Patrick, 
What exactly is your idea about Frank Vogel and how do you think that he'll help turn this franchise into a top team down uh, next season? You know, to be honest, Dana, he was the last pick for me um, with names that were being floated around and potentials, you know, before any of the hires happened, uh, before Nick Nurse was hired. Obviously, you alluded to Kevin Young being uh, brought back as a top assistant. Um, so to me, I would have preferred almost all the other candidates before Frank Vogel. And be, this is why for me, and, and not that I don't trust the son's decision. And obviously, of course, I hope it works out um, well, and I'm confident and feel much better that Kevin Young was able to be retained because the that news came uh, probably a full day later uh, after the hire or so um, of Frank Vogel. But to me, watching Frank Vogel coach in the past is contrary to what reports we're hearing about. He's a player, respected coach, uh, that type of feel. For me, it's all about chemistry and, and building that relationship. And in, in the past, obviously, I haven't been in those locker rooms, so I don't know fully, but on the outside looking in, it didn't appear that that was a strength of Frank Vogel's. And so to me, uh, that's the concern I have. I really hope Book was involved in KD uh, heavily, specifically Book in this decision. Not that they have to be, but uh, that matters a lot when you know your franchise player uh, um, is going to be led by, you know, a new head coach. And so, uh, again, I'm sure that the due diligence was done. But for me personally, uh, this wasn't something I was jumping for joy at. I was actually pretty shocked um, that, you know, he was the decision. But what do you think about it, Dana? Yeah, you know, let me make a correction first of the, my intro about Frank Vogel. His defensive rated uh, for the Pacers was actually in 2012-2013 when they reached the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to the Heat. That was the second straight year that LeBron won a title uh, with Miami. And in 2013-2014, Pacers were rated first defensive rating, reached the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to the Heat again. And 2015-2016, Pacers were the third defensive rated team and made the playoffs, lost to the Raptors in the first round. Uh, the 2019-2020 Lakers were third in defensive rating, won an NBA title that year in the bubble. Uh, in 2021, the Lakers were first in the defensive rating, made the playoffs, lost to the Suns in the first round, and that was when the Suns made their run to the finals. So uh, I just think that Frank Vogel is really good um, as pretty much in working with stars. And of course, most coaches in the league, they have to have that requirement, but not all teams have stars. And it didn't work with Monty Williams because this was a Kevin Durant-driven team after the trade. And so, obviously, when you have your stars, you're going to have to wag the dog, so to speak, to make sure that they are comfortable with the coach because these are grown men. These are guys who are multimillionaires. And, of course, these are the ones who are driving the fans into the seats. So the coach is the one who pretty much is the most expendable. And Frank Vogel, he was the most expendable in that 20 21-22 uh, Lakers season because they didn't make the playoffs and they couldn't figure out how to do it with Russ. I don't think that it was his fault. It was just the fact that the Lakers just didn't have the roster to measure up as they were paying hard, hard cash over the luxury tax, and they just couldn't measure up against the, the better West teams. So the thing about the Suns is that Frank Vogel, he has experience working with big superstars has like I said he had Paul George and now he has Devin Booker who is a young superstar in his own right and Kevin Durant Chris Paul I thought it was going to be Doc Rivers because of the Clippers connection that they had years ago if they're going to retain Chris Paul because they had their great years in LA together uh during that Lob City era which 
Chris was the point guard for. And also Doc was pretty much the architect to make that happen with those years with Blake Griffin in his prime. And of course, with uh, guys like Jamal Crawford before Kawhi Leonard got there, before Paul George got there. Um, and so it just seemed like Doc Rivers was a guy who can manage stars. He has that experience with the big three in Boston when he won that 2008 title um, and also L.A. And of course, it didn't work out for those last three years with Joel Embiid. And uh, of course, James Harden coming along uh, you know, last year after the trade from Brooklyn. But it seemed like Doc would be the name guy. But then again, uh, I, I can understand why you wouldn't want a coaching swap because I thought Nick Nurse would be the first choice. He actually yeah. took his name. Uh, he took his talents to Philadelphia from Toronto and Doc pulled his name out of the running for the Suns job uh, shortly before Frank Volker was. So and, and, uh, reportedly, according to you know, my employer, Arizona Republic, that Frank Vogel was their first choice, actually. So I was kind of surprised by that, too, according to sources. But I think that defense is something that is going to have to change. They obviously really failed at that in uh, the Suns postseason uh, against the uh, the Nuggets and the Clippers, even though that series was pretty much dominated by the Suns uh, four to one, those games were very close yeah. and they were without Kawhi Leonard and without Paul George. But when Kawhi Leonard was, was on the floor, the Suns definitely struggled. And that's where I'm thinking that there's a change that needs to be made in the defensive side. Yeah, I agree. I think um, that that had to be the reason and the focus. And I hope that um, obviously I don't I don't feel that we're not going to have better defense with Frank Vogel. Um, it just it has to be the whole picture. And I think, again, that was initial reaction. Now that we're a few days out of that decision and we know, um, you know, we were able to retain Kevin Young and for him to be that top assistant and still part of the organization where we know from reports that a lot of, of the guys, including Booker, are, are really high on him. I think that that's a big piece of that. So I think Frank Vogel recognizes that, which says a lot. Um, and then also the organization does. So if you're going to blend the two and you bring in Frank Vogel's defense with, you know, the Kevin Young type mindset of offense and Frank Vogel is open to that and allows him to kind of flourish and lead in that way I think you know then then this can be a very good thing and it's going to be exciting to see but um, definitely the initial reaction I was completely shocked to see that um, that was decision but here we are so we got to buckle up and get ready and, and see what you know we can do with that as we uh, look at next is what are the roster changes that we're going to see over this next couple of months so this is basically what you see it as uh, in football terms that Kevin Young is the OC, yep, yep. offensive coordinator, and Frank Vogel will be the DC, defensive coordinator, right? Yeah, that's my opinion. And if that works, that's great. I don't know that that will be how it shakes out, but um, should that be the approach? And I would hope that that's it. And I'm sure those conversations have been had, you know, between, you know, the front office as well as Frank Vogel and Kevin Young. So um, in that regard, I, I'd be excited to see, you know, what we could put together there. Yeah, so Monty Williams actually being in Detroit is something that didn't surprise me. I knew he would get a job quickly, probably be a very high-paying one, a very lucrative offer he took. It's basically an offer he couldn't refuse. Going to a storied franchise in Detroit, 
I think it's ironic that a guy who gave him his walking papers, Matt Ishbia, who runs his business out of Michigan, and all the coaches who were in the running for this son's job had to fly to Michigan to interview for this job, right? And then Monty gets hired to yep. in Michigan to basically helm one of the NBA's most storied franchises in the Pistons, which has three and has a very young team that only won 17 uh, games. And now they have the fifth overall pick in the upcoming draft this month. Uh, so what's your take on what Monty can do with that young team with Cade Cunningham and, uh, you know, Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart and Ma Marvin Bagley III, who is actually a Tempe, Arizona native? Yeah, a few things. One, super happy for Monty. Uh, great, great man. Uh, love him, what he does. I think it changes the landscape for coaches in general. Obviously not necessarily down to, to my level at the high school level where uh, we don't do any of this for money. But I think it really shows the value of, of quality coaches and men because there's all this conversation. Monty's never won a ring. He had these horrible losses uh, to end you know playoff runs and so on and so forth. But yet he's the highest paid. So um, regardless, they see value in what he can bring and does. Um, and I think you hit on the head that the biggest piece is always what is your roster makeup and who is leading that group. And so that is a great fit for Monty Williams. I think the, the, Pistons recognized that when they went out for him, they made an offer he couldn't refuse. Um, obviously, his son uh, is going to be a sophomore in high school. And so there's a lot of conversation with the money he would have had from the sons. Uh, you know, he could just continue to spend time with the family, take some time off. But the time is now with that roster they have. And they wanted to, you know, put an offer in front of him that I'm sure he and his family uh, collectively made a decision of the absolutely this is the right move. And so uh, super excited to see what he can do. And now uh, being that he's on the other coast and any other conference, you know, uh, potentially what those matchups could look like down the road, depending on when they turn it around and if our, our sons are able to do so. And uh, how ironic would that be to meet in the NBA finals uh, <laughs> against Coach Monty Williams? But obviously that's way ahead of ourselves, but uh, definitely happy for him. Uh, super excited. And I think he's going to do great things there. How do you think what uh, the reports about Aiton possibly being moved and the prospects of him ending up in Detroit amid all the speculation that Williams and Aiton actually butted heads throughout their four years together. I don't see that happening. And this is why I don't know, because I haven't spoken directly with Monty about their relationship, but as a coach um, and recognizing, and we've talked about this numerous times, the, the on and off switch or the effort and level that DA plays at, I, I don't know a coach that would want and be happy and overjoyed to coach that uh, because, you know, that that's something you want instinctually and you want just to have a player that just gives his all all the time. And, you know, we talked about it. Maybe DA feels he is because of his upbringing and, and his culture, um, you know, coming from the Bahamas. But I, of course, if it lands that way, I'm sure Monty will deal with it and navigate. But I, I don't think in the conversations that front office is having with Monty Williams, he's, you know, yeah, let's get DA here. I think that would be a great fit. Um, again, I could be completely wrong, um, and I'm not saying that that's at all what it is, but, um, you know, I, I don't see that as something that I would want to then have come with me to uh, the next team I was going to. Yeah, he's a guy who's actually a top five center in the league. He's not a traditional – he's not the a new age center that can do it all, like a point center of, such as Jokic or Bam Adebayo, like we're seeing in the finals go head-to-head, -head, which is awesome. Yeah. And yeah. to watch if nobody's watching the finals. This isn't a boring finals so far, uh, despite what people are you know claiming on social media. 
And also, I think with Aiden, he needs to be somewhere where he is the main guy. And I think that's where uh, the, the pressure came on Aiden, where you know, he wants to be dominating as he you know, answered my question about his motor and people questioning that. I think he needs to be in a market where he'll they'll be willing to pay that uh, $33 million, uh extension uh, you know, that he got last summer, $133 million extension um and it, from indiana that sun's matched and another team will take that on and then he'll be reunited with his boy marvin bagley the third this is ace from high school they went to you know hillcrest uh prep together out in gilbert for a brief time and uh the, i think that being in a new place for a fresh start would actually work out the place that's willing to do it also with bogdanovich uh bogdanovich out there uh, being a veteran player for that team, would I think it would work. I, I, I think that Detroit actually would be a fresh start. And Monty helped develop him yesterday, but it heads. But I think with DA, he needs to be in a place where there's low expectations and a higher ceiling for him uh, to you know come across as somebody who could basically will this team to some more wins. So I I, I disagree, but you know I, we have yet to see what could happen you know, when it comes to Aiden. Now, to turn the page on high school, since we have a few minutes left, uh, we actually covered and you actually coached uh, in some high school competition, you know, for Peoria this past weekend, Flagstaff. I actually covered girls basketball uh, at, for the Lady Extravaganza Tournament in nice. uh, you know, Mesa at Westwood High School. And that was pretty fun to see some of the top girls teams in the country. Xavier Prep uh, won it. Uh, and then they based in Phoenix and they went up against a very talented but young rebuilding millennium team that went to four straight, um, actually five straight uh, in, in the state titles. And they went to their fifth straight and lost uh, to Desert Vista, which pulled out of the tournament. And they are pretty stacked. But what do you see about this upcoming high school summer from club season with these teams? And who do you think are the best players? Uh, and I'll start with one, Toa Pete, who's on the uh, yeah. 16 and yeah. under uh, team yeah. for uh, the USA and a Jersey Robinson for 16 and under for uh, USA yeah. coming from Desert Vista. She's probably going to end up at Sierra Canyon next season. What do you? Who are some of your top guys that you're going to find? Yeah, Dana, you hit on the head. I think, um, you know, just across high school basketball for the state, those are, um, I would say, the top male and female uh, for sure. I think, um, you know, you have – Cam Holmes over at Millennium, uh, still going to be something to watch. That Millennium team, you know, they made it to the state title game last year. This year, they'll be coming back with everybody uh, and adding pieces. So uh, from a 5A perspective, as well as an open, I think they're they're going to really be uh, in the mix there as well. Uh, for my program, we had, you know, four graduate. Um, and then, you know, every year we talk about this, but the, the prep schools, um, you know, a lot is is going on internally now that we're navigating and um, a little too early to speak on, but that that prep uh, po poach um, is happening and, and is live <laughs> now. So, prep poach. Yeah, prep poach. So uh, every high school, again, you know, it is what it is. I advise, you know, my my athletes and their families uh, what I think is the best decision for them as young men, um, not just for Peoria's program, but in general, because that's the life advice I like to give. And uh, they'll make those decisions. So for my roster, uh, we may look completely different from top to bottom. Uh, but for me, it's all about the guys that we have and working hard and uh, just getting better. So um, that's, that's what our focus is uh, as we head into this week, which is week two of our um, high school summer 
Governor Month. And then um, next week we'll be uh, at the GCU camp and then we have the Section 7. So those schedules all come out this week. Uh, excuse me, so starting Wednesday for anyone that has the kind of play-in games uh, for the Section 7 week, those come out Wednesday. And then Thursday, all of the brackets will start to get released individually um, for that weekend of amazing hoops where the whole nation's eyes will be on Glendale, Arizona that week. Yeah, we were looking forward to Section 7 at State Farm Stadium where the Cardinals play their games. And so that's actually going to be really fun for a lot of teams at the live recruiting period. Uh, in motion. And so those are the things that all parents and kids look for. I mean, 25 years ago, I wanted my name up there with among the top teams and among the top players. And I know that feeling of when a player makes a great move in front of a bunch of coaches and a bunch of recruiters that yeah. you know pretty much helps their profile and get some phone calls. So uh, with less than a minute left, uh, we got to close. And uh, if you have any parting words, Dr. Patil, let it be known now. Yeah, just uh, for that Section 7, so the 23rd through the 25th, uh, that weekend, it's free of charge at State Farm Stadium. It's invite only. Uh, the competition is extremely intense. It is basketball day and night. Um, it's phenomenal. The girls' uh, weekend is next weekend, so I think 16th to the 18th um, as well. So a lot of uh, high school basketball for everyone to check out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.